Welcome to the Gen Z Show, the only show dedicated to young leaders and those who work with them to create a positive revolution that will inspire this generation to impact future generations. With your host, James McLean. Hey everyone, welcome to the Gen Z Show. I'm Abby Durheim and I'm joined today with our host, James McLamp. James, how's it going? It's going great today. It's a good uh, spring day. I almost said fall for some reason. It's a good spring day. Uh, the weather's really good. I'm looking forward to uh, to the ending of spring, the start of summer. It's just, I, I love this time of year. Oh, I'm so glad that we're finally getting some sunshine here in Nebraska starting to warm up it's a great great spring day here too well listen a lot of there's a topic that's been in the news a lot and i want to ask you about it what do you think about social media we've heard a lot of negative things about it last fall we had sites uh, that released internal reports talking about how their platforms were harming were negative on, on uh, youth and and for specifically girls and stuff and recently uh by the time this is airs, it will probably have been a month since it happened. A large, a billionaire just bought one of the major platforms here. So social media has been in the news a lot. What are your thoughts about social media? That's a loaded question, James. <laughs> I have a love-hate relationship with social media. I mean, you won't find me many places without my phone. And social media is how I promote my business and honestly get most of my photography clients. But it also is extremely time consuming. And I mean, even in my day to day work, as I'm working as a graduate assistant at UNL, I'm responsible for helping to manage our departmental social media and, and mm. how we promote. And so social media like consumes my life in every way. And I enjoy that I get to be so connected and get to see the creativity and create content and and use that gift that I've been given. But I also absolutely hate that I spend so much time connected to advice and, and that everybody knows what everybody's doing, but really only knows like one eighth of the story. And then wow. we, like you talked about, like we live in this comparative world and like, and when we are looking at these studies of kids liking social media or being harmed by social media, we live in this comparative world and now it's comparing, do I look like this person? Do I act like this person? Is my life as good as this person? But it's all, I don't know. It's, I have a very complicated relationship with it. Well, I feel the same way and I have really struggled with on what should the Gen Z show, how should we respond to this topic? How should we talk about this topic with our audience? Because it is a very big concern for youth and those who work with youth. How do we manage ourselves in this world? How do we navigate through this complicated social media environment so that it does not harm um, this generation and emerging generations? And so I've reached out and our guest today is Theo Davis, a pastor from a church in uh, St. Louis, Missouri. Phenomenal pastor, has experience as a youth pastor and a digital pastor. And boy, the insights that he is giving me as I kick off this series of, of uh, social media was amazing. I, he, he really gave an optimistic view on what it could become if we teach and empower this emerging generation with the right principles they need in order to be successful. So listen, parents, youth. Adults who are working with youth, 
get your pen and paper out. Get ready to take some notes. He's going to lay some truth principles on you on how to teach the right way to start their journey into this world. It's something you're going to have to encounter. You can't avoid it. It's going to be a part of your life. You just cannot avoid it. So I really love this interview with Theo Davis. Theo, welcome to the Gen Z show. Thank you so much for being willing to be our guest uh, on the show today. Hey, thanks so much for having me, James. Uh, I'm looking forward to the conversation. It's going to be fun, man. And I always enjoy when I get referrals for guests uh, from people, but I got referred to you by multiple people, as I told in the warm-up uh, of the podcast to telling folks before I brought you on, you know, I just put out a notice in some Facebook groups that I needed someone on social media and immediately people were mentioning your name, not just one time, but multiple times. So I'm excited <laughs> uh, to have you with us today. Uh, well, I, I, I'm humbled. It's, it's fun. I love this topic. I love Gen Z, the next generation. And uh, yeah, let's, let's dive in. Well, our audience uh, wants to hear a little bit about you. So if you wouldn't mind, just share a little bit about your story and where you're at uh, so that they can get to know you a little bit better. Yeah, absolutely. So I um, uh, I have a bunch of things that I love and I'm about. So maybe one of these things might connect with one of you guys out there. Um, I'm a native from the East Coast, the Washington, D.C. area, mm. born and raised out there, went to college up in Philadelphia, love Philly, a great city um, at Eastern University. Uh, I majored in youth ministry with a minor in communications. Um, and since that point, <clears throat> I was in youth ministry for about 16 years, full-time, uh, served at rural churches, suburban churches, urban churches, some ministries as small as like seven kids in the rural, uh, rural area, and then, you know, as large as 500 kids. And I just, man, I just love youth ministry. It's kind of like my bread and butter. Uh, some other things about me, I'm a gamer. I love to game, love video games, Xbox, PlayStation, the Switch, like uh, those are my passions. In fact, my kids are named after video game characters. So no. uh, my oldest, yeah, 100%. My oldest daughter, who's 10, her, her name is Zelda after the Legend of Zelda series. My son, who is six, is named Shepard after Commander Shepard from the Mass Effect series. And uh, we're, we're expecting our third kid on the way. He's due in 31 days. I can't reveal the name yet because people are trying <laughs> to guess. But check my social media later and, and you'll, you'll see it in about 30 days or so. Or actually, by the time this airs, you'll, pro you'll probably be able to see it. Um, I'm also a professional artist. Uh, I'm part of the African American Artist Collective, which recently had a display at the Nelson Atkins Museum of Art. I've sold art in galleries. I love just making paintings of cityscapes, drawings, sketches, um, figure drawings, things of that nature. So like I'm highly creative, I'm highly artistic. And uh, currently, uh, I have two two other jobs. One, I'm a youth uh, a youth homeless homelessness advocate. Uh, my family and I, for the past four years, we've been living on site at a transitional housing facility specifically for youth. And so my wife oh. and I have acted as kind of like their parental figures in the evening time, as well as over the weekend. They have case managers during the day. Um, but like, basically, we just love on these kids. And they range from 17 to 23. And so, uh, you know, have seen probably about 100 kids come through. Some of them are successful. Some of them have their challenges but uh, it's something we're passionate about. And then along with that, 
currently the digital pastor here at Restore Community Church. Um, I oversee some of our YouTube content, uh, reaching out, kind of creating a campus specifically for people online. In fact, um, we just recently had someone from St. Louis, Missouri. I'm currently located in Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, right. Someone who we've never met wanted to get baptized. They drove out to us. We baptized them. We'd never met them before. We only interacted with them online. And so I just, I love the digital world, social media world. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff that you can do there, but that's kind of me in a nutshell. Well, I, I love the whole background you have, and it does uh, give you some expertise on the topic that we're willing to discuss today, which is youth and the, and the effects that social media has had on them. And there's been a lot that has been said from last fall, you know, when Facebook, when Meta, you know, released their study that showed uh, the effects that uh, Instagram was having specifically mm. on the negative effects it was having on young ladies to even recently, you know, the New York Post just this week had an article where it talked about the Generation Z. They called them the Zoomers, which I think that's a, a very effective name for them considering what they've had to go through. Uh, that mm. they're leaving apps like TikTok and Instagram because they're calling it toxic and obsessive. So my first question, the first thing I thought I'd throw out for us to discuss is, what do you think about the problems that you see with social media? If, if someone came to you and said, hey, you know, tell me, tell me the, the state of youth and social media from your viewpoint, what would you say? Yeah, I would say, um, <coughs> excuse me. I'd say you're going to find everything under the sun. You're going to find people and students, uh, teenagers, people in their 20s who just love social media. They drink it up. They wake up in the morning. That's the first thing they check. They go to bed at night, and that's the last thing they're scrolling, right? Um, I think social media for a lot of people is a helpful tool. For some, for a lot of people in the middle, like sometimes it's helpful, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it gets them into big trouble because of the comment wars that happen, mm -hmm. because of different things people get into. And then for other people, it's just downright toxic. Um, the, the groups that they find themselves in, the people they follow, um, the, the cycle that they get themselves into, uh, regardless of the platform, uh, they just tend to fall into a particular group or crowd or whatever. And so for them, yeah, it's absolutely toxic. Um, I like to think of social media um, more as a tool, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's just like a weapon, depending on the hands that a weapon is in, it's either going to protect people or it could harm people. The same is true for social media, like it's a tool. And unfortunately, uh, there's no part of our society that teaches us how to use the tool. There's no like mm. rules of engagement. And so because of that, um, different, some people find it helpful. Some people find it harmful. Um, but in my, from what I've seen, a lot of students, uh, teenagers, and, and actually a bunch of people in their 20s, some of them, like I said earlier on, uh, they're diving into it. And then others are taking breaks, then diving back in, taking breaks, diving back in. So I understand what uh, sometimes media will say um, about social media. Sometimes I feel like those are, they're, they're catchy, um, catchy headlines that kind of grab our attention. But as I'm looking at teenagers, they're kind of diving in head first with social media, uh, but just no real training. Mm. I saw an article in the Atlantic uh, last week or the week before that where they were talking about the, the study that just came out from the CDC where youth were reporting that during 2021 that they about, uh, uh, was it, I think it was 40% were reporting being 
persistently sad or hopeless for at least two weeks consecutive during that time. And the, the author of that was of that article, the article was, was why American teens are so sad. And one of the things was he was attributing to it was the, the rise of smartphones and social media and what it was replacing. And, and one of the points he made that I thought was interesting, I haven't really thought, is that social, if social media is replacing binging television or, you know, consistently being on, the, you know, you uh, being watching TV, which would be more like my generation and, and mm. your generation probably were doing, then it's probably tit for tat. But if it's replacing interaction, physical interaction, the ability to play and stuff, then that could contribute to a decline in their mental health stage. What do you agree with that based on your experiences about the youth minister and in the digital world? Yeah, I think um again, to me I'm I'm thinking like it's a tool, right? And uh -huh. so if that tool is being used as a replacement. Now, obviously, over the last two years, we've had to come up with lots of different ways for interacting and whatnot. Right. And so I do think that 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 contributes to that a little bit, because a lot of people were in isolation during that time. Um, but yeah, if if social media is replacing all of your in person interaction, yeah, that's not great. Um, there's so many things that we learn face to face. There's so mm -hmm. many things that do not translate through a comment, through an email, through a direct message. Um, that's a great uh, social media is a great in terms of like communication with friends and whatnot. It's a great uh, assistant to that, but it, it's it's really difficult to develop a deep friendship. Uh, through texting alone, right? Mm -hmm. So I think it's a great accent to it, but it shouldn't be the primary way of communication for any individual. We all need to, to, to rub shoulders with people. We all need to learn those social cues, those facial expressions. Right. Um, we all need to push ourselves out there, right? That's one of the reasons, like even for my son, he's not into social media yet. He's six years old, right? Um, but he loves video games like this kid. And I was the same way, right? Like Nintendo NES was out when I was a kid. All I wanted to do was do that. But we put limits on how much he can play those video games because we want him to get outside. We want him to interact with his sister and the rest of the family. We want him to play with his friends. Um, so, so I think there's balance, right? We need to I think parents and uh, people who work with teenagers need to try our best to help facilitate that balance. Not that social media is evil or, you know, whatever, but it, it, there's balance in all things in life. And so we need to kind of help redirect that at times, I think. I love the fact, Theo, that your, your, or your approach to this or your view for this is saying that this is just a tool that it can be used for bad, but it also has some positive aspects to it as well. I mean, that, mm. that what that what you what immediately came to mind when you said that was the way that parents talked to my generation. You know, when I grew up in the 80s about music, you know, that there was mm. some that were so adamantly against it. Everything you're listening to is it's bad, 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 bad. Exactly. And there were some that were like, you know, it's not. Um, I, I remember someone saying, you know, they were saying this this music is created by the devil. And I remember someone telling saying very quickly devil's not a creating force there's only one creating force and that's not him he's a perversion force if you let mm. him and i think mm. that kind of has us some parallels between what we're seeing in social media today yeah yeah like social media to, to me when i think about 
what I see on social media is it's just people revealing who they are. Um, it's people, whatever their morals are, whatever they've been taught growing up, um, you're just reveal. Honestly, I feel like you're revealing a more authentic self when you're in the comments, when you are posting different things, because we're getting a window into what you find important. Um, it's not necessarily the, uh, the true self, but sometimes it's a little bit more of an authentic self, if that makes any sense. Do you think um, peer pressure kind of affects what people will post and what they would do as well? Hey, I need to go along with this to get along. Oh yeah, absolutely. It affects all of us. It just, mm -hmm. it's not just teenagers or like it's, it affects me when I see uh, people posting about, you know, oh, they just bought a house. Like, mm -hmm. oh, good for you. Like I'm, st I'm still saving for mine. Right. Um, but I, I like peer pressure absolutely affects what we post the the um the number of likes that we see on a particular post of someone we see that we're like oh man they got a hundred likes or they got 300 like or whatever the amount of followers we see our peers our friends have affects us like oh my gosh they've got 500 followers or a thousand followers or some astronomical number mm -hmm. um what am i doing wrong and we, and we start analyzing all of that stuff but again, no one ever teaches us how to use the tool and why we should use the tool. It's because like for the average kid, uh, you know, tween or teen as they're coming into it, most of them just want to get famous. Most of us, uh, mm -hmm. as we enter into social media, we want as, mon as many likes, we want as many people um, uh, following and commenting. And so that becomes the goal. It becomes a popularity contest. But man, I wish so much that more of our parents, that we could coach more of our parents, that we could coach more, uh, more youth workers to help teens and tweens navigate why they should engage in social media and how they should engage in social media. Even for 20 and 30 and 40 and 50 and 60, every human on the planet needs mm -hmm. to understand this tool a little bit more um, and, and have some basic rules of engagement. There are none for most people, but I try my best with the parents that I coach, uh, our staff here uh, at my at my, at the various different places that I'm at, and even with my own social media accounts. Like there's some principles that I use uh, to leverage my voice, leverage my account, and some helpful ways. Um, and I think the more uh, we all can recognize that, I think the better our social media experience will be. Well, let's go through that. So there, we've got people who are listening. There's some parents. There's Obviously, some of the coaches that we certify through our programs, there's mm. other people who are youth workers, youth ministers, they're listening. And they're like, you know, I, I don't know where to start. I know what I would like to do. You know, so if you were had a group that was sitting in front of you uh, of adults that were working with Tim, Tim I'm going to put you on the spot and ask you, give, give us a few tips that, would, that can get us started uh, going down this road of, of helping Tim to use this tool in a mm. positive way. Oh, James, that's a great question. Great question. And yeah, that is on the spot, isn't it? Um, what I would what I would do is uh, if I if I were sitting in front of that group, specifically, I'd start off by talking to those who work with tweens, right? The 10 to 12 year old range, because um, that's really around the time where a lot of uh people get introduced to social media when they're young. It's mm -hmm. in their tweens when they first get their smartphone. So um, the 10 to 12 year olds. 10 to 12 year olds to start with. So, um, so kind of talking to those who are coaching that 
age group right now, um, I would start off by just uh, sitting down with them and or kind of coaching them in a class and saying, hey, guys, this is a tool. This tool can be helpful or it can be harmful. We want to give you some principles to live by as you're exploring TikTok, as you're exploring Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, like whichever social media app that you find yourself in or that that's allowed for them. Uh, some of these principles, I think, can apply. So number one, I would just say um uh, be a good human <laughs> like be kind uh, that is something that is just lost for a lot of people um people find like if you go to social media oftentimes it's just really sharp comments mm -hmm. uh people putting one another down uh, people just demonizing one side or the other. Um, if it's political things or like whatever, uh, just really encourage your students to be good humans, be kind. If for, if for them that is, uh, you know, model Jesus, uh, awesome. If it's just be a good human, awesome. Um, I, I think that's like one of the things that they need to carry with them into social media. Uh, second, who you follow, you're going to imitate who you follow you're going to imitate so if you're following a bunch of people that say a bunch of depressing things or always negative uh, or always sad you're probably going to start imitating that if you're on social media and you start clicking on those posts and commenting on those posts which are negative and sad and depressing the algorithm that's all that stuff happening in the background is going to start showing you more of that because each app's goal is just to keep you on the app for as long as possible. So right. what what you search, what you're clicking on, what you comment on, you're going to see more of that. So choose, you, you really have to choose what you want your accounts to be about. So be kind. Uh, you're going to imitate whether you realize it or not who you follow. And then um, I would say, and this is kind of expanding it for really anyone. So tweens and up at this point. Pick three to five things that you want your social media account to be about. Three to five things. Most of us do that without realizing it. Like if I were to go to any person's social media account and I were to scroll through, more than likely I'd see three to five things that they're really passionate about. So I would say identify those things and then just really lean into it. For example, for me, it's easy. My three to five things are this. It would be family. Um, I post a lot about my family, extended family. It would be Jesus because I'm a pastor and I love challenging people in uh, uh, unique ways when it comes to that. It would be my art because I'm an artist. I love uh, the, the venue of art, the medium of art. Um, it would be racial reconciliation. Um, I really am passionate about conversations about race and talking about that in an inviting way, in a peaceful way. Because oftentimes when things happen, either we either we hear rage or we just hear like a dismissive voice. And I, I like coming in the middle and trying to bring these groups together so that we can have conversations about that. And then uh, probably the last thing would just be hot takes on media. I love just, um, if I do have a divisive voice in anything, it's movies and TV because it doesn't matter, you know? So I love just like, <laughs> blasting certain TV shows as poorly written or just praising other movies because I think they're brilliant. So like pick three to five things that you're about. Um, that's going to help make 
um, as you're figuring out what to post, whether it's a post, a story, a TikTok, whatever, um, it'll it'll kind of help you navigate that and and remove that creative block. Um, let me think, what else? Uh, well, let's repeat for our audience yeah. real quick. So you got the the three principles that you talked about that you would teach teens and tweens is is be a good human. Mm-hmm. Um, imitate you will imitate who you follow, so be careful who you follow. Yeah, and then pick three to five things that you want to be about. Otherwise, be intentional about what you post. Precisely, precisely. That's yeah, and because go ahead. I'm go sorry. ahead. No, no, well, no. I was going to say, ahead. do you think 10, 10 to twelve is too young? I mean, I know it's not too young to teach them because they're going to get on it. What I'm, mm-hmm. I, my question is, is it as a parent, if a parent looks at it, is that too young for them to have unrestricted freedom there? Or should we wait until they're you know, closer to high school? How do how do we need to approach that? The way that I think about it, so uh, let's see, 10, 11 is about when they're starting to enter into middle school based on when their right. birthday is. Um, and once you're in middle school, you, you start to have a lot more freedoms than you did back in elementary school. Um, most elementary schools don't let kids bring a cell phone to class like they don't need it but in middle school oh there's there's some more freedoms mm-hmm. <laughs> excuse me and so from middle school on um parents and uh you know people who work with youth were shifting so in elementary school we're kind of protecting we are you know teaching and coaching and all of that stuff but we still have a pretty tight grip on what they can or can't do uh once they reach middle school whether we like it or not, their freedoms are going to expand. And the kids that they interact with, freedoms are going to expand. So even though, like, I may not want my middle school girl, uh, you know, on social media or looking at anything on social media, the reality is that her friends are going to start getting those cell phones. And so if I'm not sitting down with my daughter, who actually is about to go into middle school this coming mm-hmm. year, ah, um, but I, I feel she- good about it. She's 10. Uh, she's a great ahead. So she's mm-hmm. she's on the earlier side of things, right? But um, for her, uh, we are being really intentional right now of just actually talking to her about social media, pulling out our phones and like even showing our own social media and starting that conversation of explaining it because we know she's going to be exposed to stuff. We know her friends, whether they're other sixth graders or seventh graders, maybe even some eighth graders, she's going to start seeing and hearing that stuff. And it is so vital for uh, our, our tweens that they are um, learning about this from us first uh, before they're learning about it from their friends. Because if they hear it from their friends, that's going to be cemented in their minds as to what's good, what's right, what's appropriate, all of that stuff. It's better if us either parents or youth coaches, youth pastors, whatever it is, if we can help uh, guide them and give them some principles even before they get their first smartphone or first social media account. Whether or not it's the right age, that I don't know. I think that is up to every individual parent. Um, but for me, I know that we're going to start introducing that stuff to our daughter in the sixth grade because we know that other people around her, whether we like it or not, are going to be into that and going to be starting to show her their social media accounts. And we want to help form that and shape that uh, early on. I want to confirm what you're saying because my youngest is th- uh, just turned 12. She's finishing up, you know, next month to finish up her first year in this mm. middle school at sixth grade. And mm. it was kind of shocking to us how many 
of her friends in sixth grade all of a sudden had all these devices with no guidance. Mm. And, and the, the argument was from their parents, because I've talked to some of them is, well, I need them to have this device so they can connect with me, you know, when I'm not around with them. And I'm like, okay, I, I guess I could justify that in, in some ways, but aren't when they're not with you, aren't they with another adult? You know, they're not just wandering the city by themselves. You know, they're, that was my generation. We just wandered around. I mean, I grew up in the country. I wandered around the country. <laughs> and my parents had no idea where I was at most of the day. And they just mm-hmm. was like, you know, get here before the you know the sun goes down and or for dinner right. time, you're okay. So I, I guess I could see that, but then I asked them, why not just give them a introductory phone, like a flip phone? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't want my child's self-esteem hurt if they have a flip phone and everybody else has a mm-hmm. smartphone. I'm like, well, we did it with our oldest too, and it seemed to hurt them. You know, we wait, we gave them a flip phone when they were in the middle school so they could connect with us. And then when they got more, you know, we gave them the smartphone option when they got a little bit more mature, a little bit more instruction, because it's mm. not, we, there's things that they're going to, they have access to in the apps that we just do not know um, and, and can't prepare for, I guess. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. Which is why, um, uh, yeah, and we we're ha- we've had the similar conversation. Like, do we get her a flip phone first? Uh, do we go full smartphone? Do we get like one of the like kids smartphones where there's a mm-hmm. lot more restrictions, or do we, or do we just get her a regular smartphone and just go ahead and learn how to do those parental restrictions on the phone? There's so many different options. I don't think one option is better than the other, but I do think as parents we need to think through all of the benefits and right. the possible uh, negative aspects of those smartphones. I know um, if our daughter gets a smartphone, man, the web browser is going to be restricted. If not, you know, just removed altogether. Um, you know, we're going to have access to those accounts uh, and access to your phone at any point in time, baby girl, you know, we're going to grab your phone because you're a tween. You know, we wouldn't necessarily do this as they get older, but we're just, because we want to coach you. Uh, it's not to get you in trouble with anything, but we want to like, just monitor and coach and help you be a good human on uh, social media. So yeah, I think every parent needs to kind of just think that through. I was talking to a, a sociologist who was uh, working with youth uh, just a, a couple of months ago. And he was talking about that there is a correlation or maybe or not, maybe just correlation, but a, you know, a good parallel track of the rise of cell phones, uh, rise of smartphones and Mm. the changing of the focus of youth programming on TV. And what he means by that is before the advent of of smartphones, that even in the weirdest youth programming, the end message was always do the right thing. Now that might take on different looks depending on what kind of sitcom or drama it was, but it was always, you want to do the right thing. But Mm. after smartphones it shifted to become a star or become popular that the sh- that there is a definite shift that sociologists are in and i thought wow that's that's a s- subliminal way of which we're changing the mindset of our youth no longer is it you know do the right thing but now can you be a star and he gave the example of uh, the the Nickelodeon show from several years ago, iCarly. Remember iCarly? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, mm-hmm. the whole print, 
really sweet, innocent show, but the whole premise was how do I become a star? How do I get mm. my you know videos uh, to be seen by more people? Not necessarily do the right thing, but how do I get to be more star? And he compared that with the 90s <laughs> weird show, you know, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. He said, but that show, it was mm. always do the right thing. That was the, mm. you know, we, we got to, he said, now that was weird, but, and one was sweet and innocent and one was kind of, out there, he said, but the Gritty. messages. Right. I like, wow. I that was like one of those moments. That's a that is a fantastic observation. I appreciate sociologists for making observations like that. I think they're absolutely right. Um, the the one of the one of the negative aspects, if we don't uh direct and warn uh the next generation about is the fact that social media. Uh, if left unchecked, could become all about you. Um, right. It's it's like it's a lot of times I'll look at teenagers' social media because their social media can tell you a lot about them. And um, so often I'll just see nothing but pictures of themselves, selfies of themselves, pictures of them in exotic places, you know, just whether it's in the dress, oh, I look super cute today. And it's always me, 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 me. And one of the things that I really try to encourage parents, um, encourage teenagers to do is to take the phone off of selfie mode and turn it to the world. Who can you highlight? Um, who can you elevate with your social media platform? Because that is the type of uh, accounts that that I want to follow. And it's the type of accounts other people want to follow, too. Um, uh, use this opportunity to say something kind, to say something nice, to elevate your best friend, to elevate a teacher, to elevate um, someone you see in the world doing something good. Uh, so, yes, yeah, social media, if left unchecked, can become all about me, all about my fame, my uh, priorities in life, um, my just me getting ahead. But what we really need to do is turn the camera away from ourselves and highlight conflicts going on around the world, uh, missions and passions that you're passionate about. Um, yeah, and just elevating others. That can really be a good dose of this uh, narcissistic tendency that social media can create when left unguided. That's kind of your sub point in number four, where you said pick the three, five things that you're about. This is kind of sub underneath it that one of those things needs to be, you know, to to elevate others. Use it as a positive mm. mean to elevate others. That's strong. Absolutely. That's really strong. There's a book there, my friend. <laughs> I'll get started on it right away. Yeah, there's a book right there. You you got that one going there. That because they you know, even if it's just a uh, a free ebook or something. People need to have this kind of resource uh, hmm. to understand how how do I navigate this instead of just throwing up their hands and say, "Well, they're going to do what they're going to do." Uh, yeah, you know, it's interesting. I did a here at our church um, back when I was the youth pastor. Before I was the digital pastor, we did a um, we did like a coaching session. It was for about fifty parents, um, just about social media. One of the things that they they said they found so helpful was understanding how there are these apps that can change how you look, reshape your body, Photoshop, mm -hmm. all of that stuff. Cause they just, they had no idea. So we actually had like our phones plugged up to the projector and we showed how apps can really easily and quickly change stuff. And that affects our body image so much girls for sure, but also for guys, there's apps that mm -hmm. make your muscles look bigger and you make your teeth look whiter. Like, um, 
it's so important for our young people to be aware of that stuff and be able to identify when an app has been manipulated. So we talked about how you can look at like look at the background behind people's bodies and see if it's curved or not. Um, you know, just all those different tips and tricks. Because if if teenagers are unaware, um, especially when they're just getting into social media, even adults don't realize this. Uh, it can affect our own image, and then suddenly we yeah. feel down about ourselves, depressed, kind of like what we were saying uh, back in 2021. Um, and that's just the more knowledge that we have, the better we can use the tool. And, and this confirms what we have discovered at Generation Ziggler. Uh, our audience has heard me say this before, but you know we've interviewed uh, over the past seven years, uh, 2,500 young people, late teens to mid-20s, 16 to 26, ask them one question. Now, we've done it in a variety of formats, one-on-one, phone conversations, you know, stopping them at conventions and, you know, focus groups. But the question was, what's the biggest issue or problem facing your generation? And then we categorized all the answers, and it really fell into one of three categories. But the one that had the most response was, we struggle with self-image. We struggle with our identity. We struggle with knowing who we are and whose we are. and, and I think exactly what you're saying. And we, you've kind of uncovered another layer. It's not just the social media apps, but it's all those other apps that a smartphone gives you a, avenue to that, okay, now I can change the things about myself that I don't like and present it to the world in a way that makes me feel better about myself, artificially mm-hmm. feel better about myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can, and on top of that, uh, you can download apps that will give you more followers and give mm-hmm. you more likes. And so you're artificially creating this following. <clears throat> and it just, man, it just, it messes with our psyche so much. I, I remember, um, you know, finding out from a bunch of the youth that I used to pastor, um, they would have like 10,000 people following them. And I'm like, wow, bro, how, who, how, how do you have 10,000 people following you, uh, but only like 10 likes, 13 likes or whatever on your photos? And they were like, oh, well, I paid for it, you know, because so many people at my school, they have so many followers. And like, <clears throat> it's it's just, it's so damaging for our mental health. It's damaging for our self-image when we become obsessed um, or over-focused on our peer group or what other people are doing or finding success with on social media versus just having our principles, kind of like what we talked about uh, Mm. as the first thing, what are the three to five things are, are, am I about getting famous? Okay. If that's one of the things then, you know, run after it. But is that really what you, what you want your legacy to be? Is that what you really want to be known for trying to get famous? Or is it that, man, you love nature and you want to highlight nature. Is it that you love animals and you want to educate people on the care of animals and it's better to do, um, you know, shelter adoptions versus going to a breeder? Is it that you're passionate about um, the prison reform? Is it that you're passionate about the homeless population? Like, What are the things that you're passionate about? And then run after that. And that's going to cure a lot of our narcissistic tendencies um, of trying to get famous, right? So that's why I think it's so important for us to really verbalize and identify what are those three to five things you really want to be about? Wow, that's powerful. That is really powerful. And it kind of gives a whole new perspective on how you can use this tool uh, to, to not only uplift yourself, but uplift others as well. Just think about it this, if we could just 
change this generation and the emerging generation behind them, Generation Alpha, to, to view mm. this in a different manner, how the dialogue, our cultural mm. dialogue could potentially change. Yeah, yeah. It, it we put some so... people out of business because all they want to focus on is, is is stirring it up. So exactly, exactly. And I feel like um uh I feel like the state uh, uh of our political discourse is actually a result of social media because you know, like it's just both sides yelling at each other, demonizing one another. And that's what we tend to do online, on social media. It's people we disagree with. Oh, we call them names. They're subhuman, like this and that. And we don't learn how to have conversation. Coming back to your original point, um, uh, talking about the importance of like face-to-face -face interaction. It's so important. And that's why we need to, uh, those of us who work with youth need to help facilitate as much face-to-face uh, -face conversation as we can, but also teaching people that, hey, this is okay. This is not okay when trying to have conversation with people online. You don't just yell at people to try and get a bunch of likes or, you know, get a bunch of views. Uh, there's a, a, a pastor who I really respect and admire, Andy Stanley, who recently yeah. um, stood before the uh, I think it was the Georgia State Senate. And uh, he said something really like, um, uh, really surprising. He was taught, he, he was charging those leaders. And he said, if you are leading through fear mongering or uh, demonizing another side, you're a bad leader. Um, we should not be leading through fear or through um, uh, making people fearful of something else. We should be leading through inspiration. And I think, oh, that's so true. Like, and, and that's not to say anything, he wasn't saying anything specific about that particular uh, group, just politicians in general. And right. so I think the more that we can coach young people to lead through inspiration, to uh, use their social media accounts to inspire, to help, to heal, to encourage. Oh man, yeah, Generation Z, Generation Alpha, uh, it's going to be a game changer and could redirect the course of our nation. It certainly could. Wow, this has been powerful. I hope our audience has, has stuck with us and has, has got some insights on this, but I also hope that they want to reach out and learn more. So how can they connect with you? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, you could find my, you know, if you're if you're a church worker or youth pastor, you can find my church email uh, here at restorecc.org. Um, if you're interested in learning a little bit more about my painting and some of the stuff I do there, you can check me out at the davisarts.art. Um, a lot of cool stuff is on there. And just look, look me up on social media uh, at uh, Theo underscore Davis. Um, I'm on Instagram, on Facebook, and you can kind of just see what I do. Do I have millions of followers? No. But uh, what I do know is that I'm really leveraging my account to speak some truth, to help some people, and to unite some people too. So yeah, reach on out. I'd love to chat and help to coach or to help, um, yeah, give any resources that I might be aware of. Well, all those uh, links are going to be in the show notes. So if you're watching us on YouTube, just look down and you'll see those links to his websites and his uh, social media handles down below. If you're listening to us on, on your favorite podcast app, if you'll go back to the show notes, you'll find them. You'll see those as well. And you can find some direct links there. Theo, this has been fun. This this has been something that has been on my mind. It's been on my heart on, on how on, on really wanting to address it. 
but also present it in a way that is tangible enough that our audience can have steps to help them. Hmm. Not just one of those sessions where it's just, oh, bad, 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 horrible, horrible, horrible. Kids are going to, you know, just ruin their mental health. Right. I think there needs to be some awareness of what is out there of the studies of this, but actually show them how they can help. How exactly. they can you do this thing. So thank you so much for that. And I love your tips. I just love those. And I'm looking forward to the book uh, by Theo Davis about how to, <laughs> how to start. Your, I'll get I'll I'll get right on that. I'll have you uh, I'll have you co-sign. Oh, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I'll give you the full report. Uh, mm -hmm. Thank you again, and uh, audience for sticking with us. And we'll see you again next week on the Gen. Thank you for joining us on the Gen Z Show and being a part of our community. Please subscribe to our channels on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. Follow us, too, on Instagram and Facebook to get weekly updates. Until our next show, have a blessed day.